0: Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on Musical.ly, which is now known as TikTok, and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at Polyglot Azrin. that is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I'm having a little bit of an unusual day. So, basically, what's going on is this morning, this afternoon, and this evening, I've got a whole variety of different tasks and meetings and classes, etc., from downtown. And it's a little bit weird for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I have a bunch of awkward gaps between all my meetings, classes, etc. So for example, I had a class at 10:30 to 11:30 in the morning, and now I have nothing until, or rather no appointments or anything until 2 pm. Then from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. I have a thing. Three to 4:30 I have a thing, and then I have nothing until 7 p.m. So it's kind of an awkward kind of day because for me, I was thinking, man, I'm I'm downtown essentially at all points of the day. I have one thing in the morning, a couple things in the afternoon, a couple things in the evening, but because of the gaps, I can't like drive home or I can't like go do something. I have to stick around downtown essentially from 10 a.m. straight through to about 9 p.m. And it was kind of bizarre. And I was, I know it doesn't sound like a major problem, but I was debating things such as, am I going to drive or will I take the train? If i drive i'll have to pay for parking all day that's going to be expensive if i take excuse me if i take the train like where's the train station can i walk to my different places like can i walk everywhere well i need to take the bus like how's that going to work and it's kind of a different kind of start to the day but overall it started off in a really positive way because i decided to take the train and i realized that number one taking the train you can save money which is awesome like you can save on gas money save money on, um, on like the wear and tear on your car, right? But also, apart from that, you also can get stuff done on the train. I was like, whoa, I can sit on the train and actually work or get things done. Like I can use the commute to be productive because I have nothing better to do. And it made me realize, I I think I might have said it on the podcast. I'm pretty sure I did. But if I didn't, I definitely said it on my on a Facebook and Instagram blog post where I'm usually very I like flights and I'm quite productive on flights. And I seem to have a lot of very good ideas on flights because on flights, there's not much you can be doing. And so I spent a lot of time. I usually spend a lot of time with myself, with my own thoughts. It's kind of like a meditation in many ways. And so this 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 train commute in the morning, um, kind of was similar. It felt very similar to a flight, except obviously shorter. Where I was able to really spend some time myself. I was able to do some Mandarin studying, which was great. I made some progress towards my my goal of learning three hundred new words by September tenth, which was great as well. I got some work emails answered on the on the train. I I, I got to. Think about some different um, things I wanted to do for some lessons that I normally perhaps wouldn't have at the time like the brain space to think about those things like it was a very productive kind of morning and I'm starting to really question now if I want to start taking the train to different places way more often because I can use that time to get things done and I can actually end up getting more stuff done um, instead of less because when you drive you can't do anything. You're driving. You're, you're actively driving. When you're on the train, it's passive. You can sit and do other things. So definitely a good start to the morning. I was very, very excited about how kind of, um, how things kind of got started. Um, what else is new in my world here? In my world, not much else is new. Um, I tur- it turns out, actually, this is a fun little fact for you guys. For Langfest, I had a speaker code so people could get tickets through me for a discounted rate. And there, were, there was one extra ticket that was purchased through my code, and I didn't even know where he found me from. Like, I didn't talk to him. He didn't message me. whenever, like, nothing. And so if you're listening to this podcast, and you are that one individual, and we never talked about it, message me. Because it would be great to acknowledge you and say, thank you. <laughs> and I don't think we actually met at the conference. Or at least I don't think we did. So, anyway. Now, let's jump into today's language learning topic which is a little bit of an epiphany that i had um a couple of days ago actually weirdly when i was at langfest <sighs> you know one thing that i've never one thing that i hear a lot from language learners is that you know especially if they're not super passionate about languages is that they're really nervous right they get nervous about speaking they're scared of making mistakes you know they find the pronunciation really difficult Um, The grammar just does not make sense to them. They get discouraged. And when you're learning a language, there's almost like you could say, you could almost say that there is a battle taking place in the brain and against like there's a battle taking place in the brain to be able to force yourself or, or encourage yourself to continue with the language and not quit. Because when you're learning a language, there's so many challenges that come up That it's not only difficult on an intellectual level, but it's also for many difficult on an emotional level because they get discouraged, they feel disappointed, they they don't feel like they're succeeding, they don't feel the success, etc, etc, etc. And although I have understood and I've empathized and I've compassion for that and I've always had that, right, I think the past couple of days... I've I've had a lot more compassion and a lot more empathy and and a much deeper level of understanding of where people with that mentality are coming from, right? Because it just hit me like, oh, it just randomly just hit me how much it cripples people, how much it really makes the process difficult. Like I hadn't thought about it because I personally don't struggle with that too, too much. Not to the same level that many people do. But recently, you know, I was just just thinking about something. It was was like me with other skills. Like if I had to, you know, if I had to go sing in front of a crowd, right? Even if it's a karaoke, even if it's a really low-key environment, even if it's with friends, even even if it's only like three people, like that would be pretty scary for me. I could probably get over it. I could probably learn. I could train myself to get over it. But... The concept of putting myself out there and just going to karaoke or just doing and just singing in front of people is really nerve-wracking, right? And if someone just told me, right, you just have to get out there and do it, it's going to be okay, it wouldn't work. I wouldn't listen to you. I would say, haha, yeah, you're probably right, but no, right? And when you think about language learning, you know, even myself, I'm probably guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of it where you the advice you'll give to people is, you know, oh, it's okay, man, I know you're nervous, but you just have to get out there. And then all of a sudden, that advice doesn't land with people. It doesn't land because they're so nervous about it, the same way I would be nervous about singing in front of a group, right? Or singing in general, right? It's not a thing I really feel super comfortable about, right? And I was thinking about it, I was like, huh, that's fascinating. And so what I think about as a teacher now, right, and it's a different perspective that I haven't had in the past is if someone's having some emotional challenges with languages, whether it's nervousness, whether it's self-consciousness, whether it's, you know, frustration, whether it's um, getting mad at themselves, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's whatever it is, right? When they're going through not just the intellectual challenges of learning the grammar, understanding pronunciation, the muscle memory of retraining your mouth, how to produce certain sounds, training your ears, like that stuff is challenging on its own. But the emotional side, if someone's struggling emotionally, I think myself as a teacher and anyone else who's listening to this who happens to teach languages or teach any skill for that matter, dance, anything, I think you have to put yourself, you have to put yourself in their shoes. You have to imagine that, okay, like myself, Okay, they're feeling really frustrated. They're feeling really nervous about how they can't make the pronunciation correct, right? And they're feeling really frustrated. The same way myself, if I was in a dance class, you know, my body is not a very nimble body. I'm not very, I mean, I don't have good gross motor skills. I just don't. I could develop them, but I don't have them. And so if I went to a dance class and I had to do even a simple dance move, it would be very difficult and I would look very clumsy, right? And I would feel very frustrated at myself. And so I just have to put myself in their shoes to say, right now they're feeling frustrated the same way I would feel frustrated if I was in a dance class right now, trying to learn a simple, sim- what, what the teacher would think is a simple, simple sound. And what it does is, it, at least for me, is it grounds me. And it makes me realize that, right, be patient and think about if it was me feeling frustrated in that dance class or in that whatever, Right, in that class that is maybe not as easy for me. What would I want the teacher to do? What, what could the teacher do that would help me in that scenario? And then when I think about that, it allows me to figure out what I would do to help my student or students, plural, if it's a group class, students in that moment, because it can help me like really ground it and understand and empathize and really put myself in the shoes of of the student and figure out the best or a better way to be able to really support them or help them through that scenario, right? And I don't think I did that, I never did it in that way before, you know? And it, it's just, it just really goes to show, and we're gonna go into some, we're about to go into some um, more human topics, more about psychology and how the brain works and how life works in my perspective, but I think it really does apply to language learning too. I think it really will, goes into, it goes to show how much better we get over time at different skills. We get more skilled over time and we get more knowledgeable over time, we get, as we get little more life experience, right? It's kind of like I have a natural talent for languages, I'm very skilled at them and I always have been or I have been for many, many years, right, I've naturally they, langu- learning languages has, nat- has always kind of come natural to me. It's never been incredibly difficult. I've always intuitively, without anyone teaching me, I've always kind of known, like, oh, this is probably what I should do to learn blah, 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 blah about the language. This is how I should improve my pronunciation. This is how it works, and this is how the brain will do it. And I don't need to read the research studies, or I don't need to read many of them, right? Because I just I know. I just know, right? And, and... um even though I have that natural skill set, right? And same with teaching, teaching comes relatively naturally, not the same way, not as naturally as learning languages, but teaching anything is something that comes quite natural to me, especially cause I've grown up at home with my mom was a teacher. You know, I, I've, when I um, worked with the window cleaning business and I ran the window cleaning business, I had lots of employees that I was always training and coaching, like it's just kind of always been there for a long period of time in my life. And so I have a certain skill set for it. But even with that, even when you have the natural skill, it's funny how experience this makes you better. And it just really emphasizes if you're a teacher, you gotta continuously try new things, test new things, think about how to improve your practice, right? Always, always, and you'll always keep getting better and you'll always find new things and new hacks and new strategies and new things to build upon your teaching language learners, you got to keep chipping away. Try a different angle. Try a different strategy, right? Uh, If you're someone who bounces around with and tries to learn four languages at once, try learning one at a time. If you're someone who tries to do one at a time, try switching. Do four at a time, right? If you're someone who um, has gone through only one program ever, try a different program. Like, right? Think about what are you strong at? What are you weak at? Double down on the strengths and also try and balance the weaknesses. Or maybe you're, you spend too much time on your strengths and you've got to spend some more time on the weaknesses. Like, I think we should get really self-introspective. Introspective, that's the word. Introspective. And I, I, I believe that's important. I, I really do. And especially lately when, I, when this hit me, um, you know, it's, it's so crazy. Actually, big shout out to uh, to Anya, if anyone knows who she is um Anya from Alemania I think her Instagram handle is big shout out to her because it's funny it was like a conversation it was an, it was a little moment with her at Langfest that triggered that kind of put this into motion and I was like aha interesting right like it's I'll actually tell you the story um basically she's like she, she loves Latin dancing and bachata and, and salsa. And she loves it. And she's like, hey, Asa, we're, gonna go, we're gonna go salsa dancing later. And I was like, oh, I don't dance. It's not, I, I just don't, not as, it's not something that feels super comfortable for me. I don't really enjoy it, it makes me nervous. And I just don't necessarily like it per se. It's not something I partake in super duper often, etc. cetera. Um, and that, in that moment of her asking me, it, tr- it triggered these thoughts of going, huh? The same way I just felt in that moment where Anya asked me, hey, we should go, or you want to come salsa dancing with us? I was like, the same way I felt in that moment is the exact same way someone feels, other people might feel when someone says, hey, hola, como estas? Or, salut, ça va bien? Right? And, they, and someone speaks to them a different language, right? All of a sudden, it puts them in this moment of, oh my God, that's scary, that's this. And I was like, man, like... It's ridiculous advice to say, just go at it. It's it's stupid advice. I think for many, not always, but it could be really bad advice. Because if you'd given me that advice in the moment, in that particular moment, if the advice someone gave me was, hey, don't worry, just come, I would have been like, get the hell out of here. Like, what do you mean just come? What's your problem? The same way a language learner would also say the same thing to you if they felt the same way that I felt in that moment when I was asked, you know, very casually, right? By by Anya, and I was like, oh Interesting, so my because my response often will be hey, you just gotta get in there. You can do it They're not judging you all the normal things that we say hey, they're not gonna judge you It's in your head all the things you know by the way, and I think all those things need to be said, right? It's a good reminder. I think it's important, right? But I do think it's not the only thing that you've got to do because in that moment if they're not thinking with their logical brain They're thinking with their emotions, right? And you need to be able to speak to that emotional side of them, or do you would be able to like figure that out, right? And I think sometimes weirdly, the answer is to back off, right? Someone comes back with that, they close the door on you, right? Back off. It's like when you have a wounded animal, right? You have a wounded animal. And obviously, I'm not I'm not referring to myself as a wounded animal, but it is a similar you take, you take a similar approach. If you have a wounded animal, right the wounded animal might, sl- like, if you go to try and help the animal, the animal might kick at you, right? They might punch you or kick you or bite you. They might, they might try and hurt you. Not because, even if the animal knew you were trying to help them, right? Even if they knew, right, they still might do that. Another, a better analogy, actually, now that I'm talking this out, is like if you went for, um, you know, if you went for, like, a dental procedure, right? And you have a toothache, Right? and they need to give you freezing. If you have a fear of needles, for example, even though you know that the needle is necessary to freeze your mouth so they can fix your tooth, right? You might still tense up. You might still feel like pushing it away. You might still feel that, right? And, you know, there's different approaches to that. In a dental scenario, you know, maybe you just have to power through and just really get through the procedure and just do the needle even though they feel nervous, right? Maybe the, the, maybe the scenario was, hey, maybe you take a slower scenario. Like, oh, whoa, you're, you're scared of the needle? Hey, no problem. Let's take it slow. Let's take it easy. Let's relax. Do you want to hold the needle? Do you want to, like, what can we do to help you get through this fear, right? Can you do some exposure therapy with it? Like, there's different, there's a variety of different approaches. And I think myself, you know, as much as I've always thought about the different approaches and tried to empathize, you guys know me, you guys follow this podcast, you guys follow my videos. I mean, like, you know, hundreds of videos, hundreds of podcasts, right? Instagram, you guys know me, I think, or many of you, um, you know, that whole empathy conversation and compassion and trying to put yourself in other people's shoes is something I, I think about a lot, but it's funny as I get older and I'm not even old, I'm super young, I'm 25, almost 26, but you know, even at that young kind of you know, even though as I keep focusing on this empathy, as I keep building on, as I keep thinking more, as I keep getting better at teaching, at, at learning languages and in life in general, as we all are, as we as we get older, right? It just makes you realize that, huh, I could I could be going deeper with this level of empathy and compassion when I'm working with students who do feel self-conscious, nervous, frustrated, angry. They're having emotional challenges too, right? So all in all, to sum this all up, I think when it comes to teaching languages, right, you need to understand that you are teaching the skill of the, the knowledge and the intellect and the ear training and the hard skills like training the ears to hear a sound, training the mouth to pronounce a sound, training the brain to understand a grammar point right etc, um, etc et right there's helping them memorize, teaching them the skills to memorize new words and be able to use them naturally. These are all the hard skills, and then we have a lot of emotional skills, emotional intelligence skills that are equally important right which is how do you help someone through frustration? How do you help someone when they're beating themselves up? How do you help someone when they're really nervous to speak or get out there? How do you help someone when they're only using the app to practice because they're too scared to go talk to a native speaker? How do you help them through that, right? And I think that's where we get into some very great territory and it requires a, a little bit more of a... Um, I guess you could say a little bit more of a complicated approach. It's not a one-size-fits-all answer and I think we sometimes give it a one-size-fits-all answer and then lastly what I'll finish off on to summarize this as well Is when we're speaking to other language learners, right? Because even if we're not a teacher and this is I, sh- I should have said this earlier actually, but it's coming to mind now <sighs> if you are um, if you are a you know a language learner and you meet another language learner and they're sharing their problem with you, whatever it is, right? I think we often tend to immediately jump in and start giving advice. Oh, I feel nervous. Oh, there's no need to feel nervous because blah, 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 blah. But we're answering with logic, right? We're not actually taking a step back to listen and say, what are they actually feeling? We don't pause to empathize and try and put ourselves in their shoes first before giving an answer. And I think that's something we all, even myself included, even though I'm someone who tries to do it, We all need to double down and try to do that more because we can help other people with their language learning journeys a heck of a lot more if we just have 10%, 20% more empathy and compassion towards what they're feeling and not just answer, not just give advice based on our personal experiences. Who the hell cares about your personal experience? No one cares, right? Unless you can actually relate to it and be like, oh, I understand, I feel that way when I dance. I feel that way when I sing. I feel that way when I have to paint or draw. I get super, here's a good example, but drawing and painting and artsy stuff, I'm not self-conscious about it, right? I'm, like, for example, singing or dancing, things like that, I'm self-conscious, right? Art, drawing, things like that, I'm not self-conscious. I will show you my awful drawings and art skills. I don't care. That That's totally fine. But I will get frustrated. I will get so frustrated with myself when it comes to you know, learning, if I did to learn how to draw something and I couldn't do it, like, oh, I can even feel it inside my body now how frustrated I'd get. And for the teacher to say, hey, it's normal, man. It's normal that you're frustrated. A lot of people go through it. That wouldn't help me. That would not help me. And yet that is probably the most common thing that someone would say, right? Hey, it's normal that you're feeling frustrated with language. Everyone goes through that. I've said it a million times. Like, I, I'm beating, I'm like... I'm like whacking myself right now because the number of times I've said it and I realize now it's crappy advice nine times on ten or eight times on ten for many people, right? Instead, what I should be saying is, you know, when I'm thinking about this drawing of like this frustration, what I should be saying is like, hey, why? Like, what are you you frustrated about? Like, why is that frustrating you? Help the learner dig deeper into the emotion to figure out why are they frustrated? What's going on? The same with me with drawing. I would say... Well, it's frustrating because I, I can see the lines that I have to draw, but I just can't make my fingers do it. Like it's so, my fingers, is, it's, I, I can't figure this out. And it's so, even now I'm feeling the frustration in my body, right? I'm like going back to some memories of drawing classes before, anyway, but right, I can feel the frustration erasing it and, why can't I do that? That looks so beautiful, right? And if that's what they're feeling, for example, I think a better answer is like, well, hang on a second. If, if, if that's what I was feeling and I was a teacher and teachers in front of me, what would help me in that moment is if the teacher said to me, hey, Azrin, you're comparing your drawing to mine. I've been drawing for 27 years. You've been drawing for two months. Why are you comparing your drawing to mine? Yes, you're trying to draw like me, but you're, you're, you shouldn't be able to draw like me right now. And I'd be like, oh yeah. They would say you should compare your drawings to people who've been drawing as long as you. And I'd be like, that's true. And then if the teacher pulled out drawings of other students, right, that they had, who'd been learning as long as me, I could compare the same drawing to other students. I'd be like, oh, now I can understand, oh, I'm normal. Oh, look, I am drawing like them. Oh yeah, huh, interesting. That would have helped me because they empathize with my scenario first, right? So the language learners, if someone's feeling frustrated for the same reasons I feel frustrated, so like, I can't speak like you. Wow, they speak so well. I could I could literally like, well, let's figure out why you're feeling frustrated. Let's say it's the same frustration I have with drawing. I could then say, Well, hey, look, you've been learning for six months. Can we Let me give you some perspective of what you should be like at six months. Can I show you some other people? Hey, let me show you some people on YouTube. Let's pull out some videos. Let me show. Let's let's have a look. Let's have a look at my Mandarin when I was six months in. I can show you a video. Look, I have the same halting speech that you do. Look at that. Wow. Look at me on YouTube. You can watch me do it. Oh, wow. Interesting. I didn't know that. Right? So it's understanding what the root causes. Um, Yeah, it's understanding that. Final, final thing. This is the last thing. Now I'm doing this for selfish reasons. I'm now processing through this on my own. Right, let's talk about self-consciousness right the same way I feel self-conscious doing karaoke in front of a bunch of people like I would not like that or or even like attending a dance class I feel very self-conscious if I had to do that right um, in that moment like myself what I would be feeling in that love in that in that moment of self-consciousness is like like I'm feeling it in my body right now because I'm imagining the scenario and I'm like feeling like an idiot right I'm feeling I'm feeling dumb actually because I am not able to make my body move in a way that I want to make my body move or that I'm supposed to do. And it's not working that way. And other people are able to do it. I can't. And I kind of look, and I look dumb, right? I don't look good. And I don't want people to see me looking dumb. I don't like that, right? Not in that context. Well, language I don't care. But with like singing or dancing, I don't want that judgment on me. And it'd be much easier for me to stay out of that scenario to not put myself in that scenario. It's easier for me not to, especially when I don't have a real desire, not a huge desire to make myself a much better dancer. And it's not something I think about that often, right? So why would I put myself in that scenario, right? I don't want to, it's scary, right? And so for me, as I think about that, as I feel self-conscious about what other, in my case, it's what other people are seeing me as and me not looking good and looking kind of clumsy, I don't like that feeling. Right. And so if we go really meta, I'm psychoanalyzing myself. Just me. So, first of all, if I had to help someone who's self conscious now about their language things, I think just them voicing it to start helps a lot. Because even me just voicing that out loud on the podcast, I immediately felt tension leave my body, which is crazy. Right. So, I think voicing it is a good first step. And now, going back to the dancing example, like I would really need to have a good level of trust with a teacher to start, a private teacher who would, oh, I'd only work with them for a certain period of time until I really felt comfortable with whatever dance I was trying to learn for whatever reason. I would want to do it that way because I'd feel more comfortable and no one's judging me, right? So if I had a student who felt self-conscious about their language learning when they're speaking to other people, I would tell them don't speak to other people. The same way I would tell myself, don't go dance in front of people. That's freaking scary. Why the hell would you do that? It's, it's ridiculous, don't take a class. It's crazy, it's too scary. People don't judge you like, whoa, right? <laughs> I would tell the language, like, whoa, don't take a class, then freaking don't, just take classes with me, just take private classes, just until you're comfortable, build your confidence, or, or maybe take one little step at a time, right, versus, for example, and, like, for example, like, you know, it just wouldn't make sense, for, for me, the advice would not be, hey, Azrin, just go start dancing, you'll get over it, like, no, you won't, no, I won't, or maybe I, maybe I will, but that's not what my emotional brain tells me. And with language learning, same thing. You can't just say, go, 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 get out there. So anyway, now I'm just psychoanalyzing. I'm like talking to myself. I'm processing through my own thoughts in my own brain right now. And I'm like helping myself get better at things, which is crazy. And you guys are kind of observing this process. So let's wrap this up. It's been almost 30 minutes. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your ears. I'm really excited about this podcast. Wow, what a great podcast episode it was. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I think we got really into, we got into some deep topics and whether or not other people enjoy this one, that's... It is what it is, but I feel like this podcast did a lot for me, which is really interesting. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. I appreciate your ears. We'll talk later. Bye for now.